Good afternoon, Little Saigon, Seattle. It is October the 16th, 2019, and it's just after 5.30 p.m. in the afternoon. It's a stormy, rainy afternoon here in Seattle. Is this the kind of weather one expects? Maybe. It might be weather brought to us by Raytheon. Which means please don't consume the rainwater. Please don't drink the rainwater. If you're in the mountains and it just started snowing, please, please, for, for the love of God, do not eat the snow. I'm kidding. I'm sure the water is pure, 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 pure water falling from the gumba sky, the gray, gray, silvery sky. And it's not really that the winds blew that hard. They blew a little, but these nasty silvery clouds, they just kind of appear. But it is, the wind is blowing, and it's almost a normal autumn evening here in Seattle, so one should count one's blessings when the weather looks almost straight. This hour of the Little Saigon Report is brought to you by Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Ballistic Vest and Ballistic Vest Outlet. Johnny has been in business in Little Saigon, Seattle for approximately 38 years. Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Ballistic Vest Vests and Outfits can provide a almost 100% breathable compressed carbon fiber super resistant nearly impossible to remove which means the owner can have a lock to this vest At Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Ballistic Vest Emporium, you can also buy ballistic helmets for your Rottweiler and your Pitbull. You might be saying, Dan, that sounds a little bit dangerous. Well, I haven't really gotten to the good part yet. All of Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull ballistic vests and outfits come with all sorts of attachments. 
some of these attachments are not, they're not strictly legal. At Johnny Slim's, you can buy daggers, electrocutors, mini flamethrowers, various projectile devices involving the trebuchet, if you can fucking imagine that. As if your Rottweiler needs a trebuchet. Or rather, maybe it's for launching your Rottweiler out of a trebuchet with a little parachute. At Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Ballistic Vest Outlet, we also serve French Bulldogs, but we won't serve beans. At Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Outlet, we will serve French Bulldogs. But we won't serve beans. And as preface or prologue or desiderata, as the ephemera of those references that some of you may know or not know if you're a new listener. I'm One, I'm drinking coffee right now. And two, beans is a French bulldog um, my sister owns. It's, it's a devil baby. It's a monstrosity. It is quite literally the projection of the collective unconscious of the United States of America. If you meet beans, you're meeting the ugly, ugly, ugly underbelly of all of our collective failures. When you look into the eyes of a French bulldog, you see the hubris of humanity. You think as humans we can meddle in nature, we can breed and mutate. But what do we produce but our own inevitable downfall? That's what you see when you see a French bulldog. At Johnny Slim's, you can get all sorts of outfits for your Pitbull, for your Rottweiler. These outfits are ballistically sensitive. They um, will, in fact, hold off attacks from very close range of 9mm and 45 caliber. And at 200 feet, will actually, you know, more or less resist a 50 caliber round. Now you might be saying, Dan, why would anybody buy a lockable ballistic vest that covers their entire Rottweiler in a breathable way with a specialized helmet, probably with knives or spikes, maybe razor-sharp spikes all over the, the ballistic outfit of your Rottweiler? You'd be saying, Dan, doesn't this seem like, you know, a risky thing to do? 
Well, you should talk to some of our customers. Because what they'll tell you is that their sidewalks, their, their streets, their neighborhoods, their lives have never been safer since they've been to Johnny Slim's. Because they went to Johnny Slim's, they now put up little signs in their neighborhoods saying, Robo Terminator dogs. These dogs carry cameras. We know what you're doing. And our dog's coming to get you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. First topic is related to the subject subject of gaslighting, but before I get to my first topic, I want to talk about something. I think my health is going downhill, and I think I know why. I haven't really been eating right. I have been drinking too much beer, and I have not been exercising other than the walking to the store to get the beer. Add to that a diet of questionable levels of sodium and other types of materials, I think I'm going to have to, like, take the take the cure for a while. I don't know that I'm going to fucking be 100% perfect, but I may have to back off of the harsh living. Just FYI, and this isn't a defense, this isn't a defense, this is not a rationalization. Well, probably it is. It's a rationalization, but it'll seem kind of rational to some of you. The reason for my funk, I think, is mainly because I have this feeling that everything's about to just go straight to hell. And if I had a family, if I had kids, hell, even if I had a French bulldog named Beans, I might behave differently. But at this point in my life, you know, a 50-year-old man, now I said that, 5-0, burned out, middle-aged computer programmer, what the fuck do I care, one way or the other, if I live two weeks after everything goes straight to hell. I don't. I really don't. And I know that as a Christian, the space I'm in right now is not good. It's not. I, I've known this for a few weeks now. I've known that in my heart, Christ does not want me to simply um, retreat from the world because I think the world is about to go to hell and there's nothing I can do about it. And when I say go to hell, you have to understand something. I'm not talking about one thing. It's not as if the human race faces one challenge at this point. We face a myriad. And what's worse is we're acting really stupid, collectively and individually. So when you put all that together, and you do your own research, I don't want to cover these subjects, you do your own fucking research. I swear to God, if you're one of these people that believe CNN and Fox News and Snopes.com tells you the truth, why the fuck would you listen to my fucking podcast? I've run into these nuts. I swear to God, there are these nuts who will contact me. They'll say shit like, Dan, I love your podcast. Have you ever thought about becoming a public school teacher? Um, no, because I'm a fucking anarchist, you stupid fuck. Have you been listening to my fucking podcast? Have you ever thought about becoming a police officer, Dan? Well, you know what? Maybe I should join the Queensley Navy. Maybe I should get my shit together and lose a bunch of weight, and who the fuck knows. 
honestly, I'm a 50-year-old man, so I'm probably not going to get in the Queensley Navy either. And I don't care. I, I think that the challenges facing us are so complicated by their very nature, by design, that I don't think there's going to be a fix. I think the best you can hope for over the coming months and years is that you can somehow hold on to the side of the toilet bowl during the flush. That's it. That's your plan. That's your strategy. Find a side of the toilet bowl and hold on to it. And if you want to know where I was in 2015 before I went massively in debt, before I met the Goat King, before I went on, before I went on this pursuit of optimism, fucking optimism, fucking positivity. I swear to God, that shit almost killed me. I've got nothing against you fucks who want to have a positive attitude. I love people with positive fucking attitudes, but at least get real. We are dealing with a human race at this point where most of the people you know are functionally sociopathic. They don't even know how big of dirtbags they actually are. That is the truth. That is where we're at. Not everybody, but I would say more than 50%. And if they're products of the public educational system, oh my God, yeah, guaranteed. These are people who believe that all of the necessary services will always be on. These are people who, when they hear about things like blackouts in California, even when the CNN and the Fox News tells them, they pretend they don't hear it. They pretend it's not actually happening. For all you crypto techno utopia freaks, riddle me this. Why the blackouts? Oh, because of government? Okay, then why the fuck do you keep voting? You see, this is the problem with your reasoning, you fucks. You'll say things like, well, the government doesn't know what it's doing. Of course it doesn't. It never did. It lied to you. It always lies. Nothing is so much like Lucifer than the fucking government. Nothing. It thinks it is beautiful, and for some people it is. There are people who will look at an aircraft carrier, who will look at a nuclear missile, who will look at a dam that was built with, you know, basically stolen taxpayer money, and they'll say, look at the, ma the majesty. They'll look at the capital. They'll look at the buildings. Look at the fucking majesty. They worship it. And that's why they block from memory. They block from consciousness. They block from thought. Things like, you know, rolling blackouts and brownouts. Because nobody wants to believe that this shit can happen. Nobody wants to believe that this reality that we built is so fragile that, yeah, it could, it could come completely undone in a matter of days. So why not drink? Why not vape a lot of weed? Why not just goof off for fucking a month or two weeks until it's all over with? Because I gotta say, folks, that's where I'm at these days. And as stated, in my own defense, I never had such a high FICO score. I never was in such good financial st state, you know, shape, than when I kind of assumed the human race was fucked. Never was my financial situation better than when I approach reality from the darkest fucking pessimism you can fucking imagine. We're talking 
safe stacked with silver and some gold and lots of ammo and a few rifles. We're talking about living in the eighth at the eighth floor of the Riley Towers. We're talking about shotguns and nine millimeters and three fifty seven magnums. We're talking about the belief that at some point, and this is back in twenty fifteen, I would probably have to live out of that fucking apartment for eighty days, ninety days, whatever, a few months. That was not a positive place for me, existentially speaking. It was a really dark fucking place. And even though technically I believed in God at the time, I don't think I was on God's side. Just like I don't think I'm on his side right now. I don't think I'm doing what he wants me to do right now. Maybe that's why I'm getting sick. It's one of those things that contemplate. I don't give a shit right now. Because even though there are people I care about, they are all making the choices they have to make. I have a nephew in the Navy. I love him. Do I like the fact that any of my nieces and nephews have to go into the military? No. Do I think he might get some stuff out of this? Hell, yeah, maybe. I got some stuff out of being in the Army. I'm not going to say people should go do it. But, yeah, did I learn a couple things? Yes, I did. Do I, but do I wish that there were other opportunities? For young men and women his age. Yeah, I do. I do. I kind of wish we lived in a country where people did not have to say to themselves, well, if I want to be able to have any kind of a life, I got to go serve in the military first. And I know there are folks out there who want to say, well, Dan, isn't that public service? Listen, you know something? The, the primary ethos of public service in a free society is to defend freedom and to frankly practice it. So if you want to talk public service in a free society, then just be a fucking decent free human being. You don't have to form armies or cliques or cabals. You don't have to form thug groups. You don't have to be a bully. Everybody I know right now is doing what they have to do to get by another fucking day. Everyone I know right now is practicing whatever delusional fucking trip they need to to pretend that the shit that is happening, okay, the obvious shit that is happening around them is not actually happening. Okay, everyone I know is doing that. It's almost like America, and it's funny because this is technically our first topic, though I went off on a tangent. Technically our first topic today was gaslighting. But, and, and we'll define what that is, but to me, America today is one big nation of people gaslighting each other. One big nation of people lying to each other and to themselves. And what's worse, it's just, I don't even think it's on purpose. I think it's unconscious. I think it's happening almost automatically. We have been so trained as Americans to be such shitty people, to think that it's our right to go around the world, blow people up, and steal their shit. How the fuck do we sleep at night? How the fuck do we look at two buildings symmetrically imploding on 9-11, and then we pretend that there wasn't a third building called World Trade Center 7 that also symmetrically imploded, you know, seven hours later? on 9-11. How do we do this shit? How do we pretend that that wasn't a big lie and that in reality the hundreds of thousands of Afghanis and the millions of other people that we've killed in these wars on terror were killed for no other reason than we wanted to steal other people's shit? That is the level of sophistication of the PNAC, the project for a new American century, the neocon bullshit. You tell me that I shouldn't spend 90 days drinking. You tell me what the fuck am I supposed to look forward to? My fucking retirement? Are you, 
I really want to, I can't laugh and I can't cry. Because I don't have tears to cry and there's nothing funny about this. Recently, General Electric let its retirees know that their pensions... <laughs> oh, sorry, your pensions um, might have to be frozen. Oh, your benefits might have to be cut back. And this is just the beginning, folks. If you think this is special, <laughs> keep watching Fox News. Keep listening to NPR. Keep listening to Talk of the Nation. With Diane Reams. Yeah, Diane Reams, I don't even know if she's still alive, but if she is, I wonder if she's getting reamed. Keep fucking listening to whatever lie you want to. Keep meditating on whatever narrative you want to, and keep involuntarily gaslighting your fellow human beings, as you all are. And probably I am too. I don't know. You know how I avoid it? I currently am not participating. I'm currently not getting on the 545 to Redmond every day. I'm currently not going to that fucking place and pretending that anything worthwhile is actually getting done. Okay? By not participating, I don't have to deal with the mutual mind-buggery, which is Gaslight America. So let's talk about gaslighting and what it is. And technically it comes from a movie. Um, I think the movie was called Gaslight. Uh yeah, 1944 film. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person seeks to sow seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or in members of a targeted group, making them question their own memory, perception, and sanity, using persistent denial, misdirection, contradiction, and lying. Gaslighting involves attempts to destabilize the victim and delegitimize the victim's belief. Folks... I feel like I just defined the entire means by which America deals with shit now. I feel like this is, we are a gaslight nation. We are so deep in denial and confusion and lying. We spend so much time fucking with each other. We are so immersed in social media bullshit. Fuck, even I'm back on, I'm on fucking minds.com. What the fuck's up with that? I said I would never go back to social media. And then I go back to Minds.com. What the fuck? They're okay. But the point is, yeah. The entire country feels like this. And it's not just the president. It's not just Nancy Pelosi. Okay? We are lied to. We are deceived on a daily basis by people in positions of authority. And what's worse is that it's so contradictory and so confusing... Even if you find out you're being lied to, there's no obvious way to find the truth. It's like little Greta Thunberg. I've talked about little Greta, little Greta the witch hunter. Little Greta goes before the United Nations and tells people the sky is falling. It is so out of a fucking mid-19th century um, storybook tale that it's not even funny. It's a fucking cliche and everybody fucking buys it. It's, it's a load of shit. And partly they buy it because why would a cute little girl lie? Now, let me tell you something, folks. I grew up as a kid, um, you know, around young kids, you know, boys and girls. When I was a boy, there were boys and girls. Believe me, boys and girls lie. Boys and girls tell fibs. And yes, they can be manipulated. 
In fact, it turns out your parents are very powerful when it comes to manipulation. How do you interpret little Greta? Do you say climate change is bullshit because little Greta is obviously a buffoon? Well, that's one potential explanation. The problem is that might not be true. It's just as likely, in my opinion, and perhaps more likely, that the situation is way worse than we can imagine. Now, I want you to pretend for a moment that you are a king in some country, okay? Follow me through this thought experiment. You're a king of a country, and you have all types of secret wheelings and dealings, and you're making money on the side. You're a corrupt king, yeah, not that original. And all of a sudden, some of your peasants come to you and say, we're really worried about all this corruption and all this terrible shit that's happening. We know it has nothing to do with you, but what are we going to do about it? Well, what does the king do? Does the king find the most qualified investigator, the smartest person, the most brilliant researcher, or does the king find a clown to put in charge of the research? I think the king finds a clown, folks. The king knows the issue is real. The king does not want people thinking about it. Does the king pick the highly qualified researcher who would actually get to the fucking bottom of things? Or does the king pick a fucking clown? You see, I think the truth of little Greta Thunberg and Al, Al Gore, um, the truth of them is, is simply obvious. The person we should be hearing from, the person that would actually have the, the fucking... Um, how can I phrase this? The, not, the, not the juice, but the actual chops, intellectually, the chops to do this, is Jim Hansen, James Hansen, at the University of Washington. I think he's still alive. He's the person that should be going before the UN. He's the person that originally raised the alarm. And yet we're being exposed to these fucking teeners. And Al Gore. And... You know, Leonardo DiCaprio fucking flying in a fucking jet, a jet plane to go to a climate conference. This is buffoonery, folks. This is, this is not designed um, to mock a, ser a, a quote-unquote, um, how can I phrase this? This is not designed to mock that which mocks itself. You don't need to do that. Things that mock themselves don't require a massive investment agenda. No. This is designed so that people believe that climate change is bullshit. That's my honest opinion. That's how I look at it right now. Little Greta's not designed to sell climate change. Don't be a fucking idiot. These people come from Madison Avenue. They know how marketing works. You really think they picked a buffoon uh, to take a fucking serious issue and make it more serious? Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. No, I mean, of course she's chosen so that the teeny boppers kind of get pulled into a certain political class, but that's a separate agenda. The main reason why she's chose, chosen, the, re the reason why someone like her is chosen, the reason why an Al Gore is chosen, the reason why they are put into the position of being the, the, the voice of some issue is because they make the issue look stupid. Okay, Greta Thunberg makes climate change look stupid. That's the truth of little Greta. Al Gore and all of his fucking carbon credit schemes and all of his fucking chicanery, and frankly, some of which might be illegal, he doesn't make climate change look more legitimate. He makes it look illegitimate. He, he makes it look like a scam. That is, you, he, is, he is so good at it, it can't be real.
I mean, that's quite, it's quite literally the case that Al Gore makes the whole thing look like bullshit. And I'm not going to go down the list of the actors and activists. The bottom line is this. When you look at the pantheon of quote-unquote activists who are out there talking about climate change, they mostly say buffoonish things, they over, overly simplistic bullshit, um, fucking Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio is told that there are massive methane releases in the Arctic Circle and that the Amazon rainforest is burning down and he says people should eat fewer cheeseburgers. Okay, That's not what a serious person says. That's not what an intelligent person says. And fucking A, if you're a guy who makes money off of entertainment and you fly jets around to conferences, what the fuck kind of hypocrisy chip do you have running in your brain? It's not serious, folks. These are not serious people. And so I'm led to believe something that most of you don't want to believe because I have no fucking idea why you don't want to recognize this. This is the oldest technique in the fucking book. You pick a clown, not, not to <laughs> make fun of an issue that makes fun of itself. You pick a clown to take a serious issue and mock it. That's why you do it. Anyways, I don't want to talk more about gaslighting too much, but China, next topic. China and the fear of China, the fear of war with China, all the neocom bullshit, George Soros, who knows what he's doing in Hong Kong, right? I don't know. I saw a parade of Hong Kong protesters carrying U.S. flags, um, obviously with their faces covered up. And I thought that was disturbing. I thought it was disturbing because most people don't have any idea how dangerous a situation like this could be if all of a sudden it becomes about the United States. Here are some facts that you can research yourself, okay? For much of the last 200 years, Chinese society, Chinese civilization, for lots of reasons, not the least of which foreign meddling, Chinese society's been in disarray. There's been a lot of chaos. They've had more than one civil war in the last two centuries. The last time their society became unglued was the Cultural Revolution. And I think most people say that roughly ended in the mid-70s. So one thing to keep in mind when you're looking at things like Tiananmen Square, which happened in 89, or the shit going on in Hong Kong today, is that the current political class of China these people were either going around with Mao's little red book, finding old people to put little dunce caps on, or they were old people running from, you know, scary little young people with their little Mao books. Okay? These people who run China today, they know what chaos looks like. Believe me. They know what it looks like to lose control. They, ha they have a clue because their memory of chaos is not ancient. It's experiential. They went through it. I think China, as a nation, is oversimplified in the West. Most, most people do, and probably that includes me. But what I will tell you is this. The Chinese government, from my perspective, as someone who's, who spent most of his time studying Western history, full disclosure, the Chinese government doesn't seem to fit in Chinese history. Much of Chinese history is about localized administration. 
much of Chinese history is about decentralized. It isn't about these highly concentrated power structures. And, and I don't know what Confucius would say about the new social credit score system in China, but I'm fairly certain he would think it was bogus. And probably within 72 hours, he would have a minus score. This is, way, this is my way of saying that the Chinese communist government does not fit with Chinese history. It does not fit, which means it can change or it can go away. It doesn't really fit. And I don't think our government right now in the United States fits either, but that's a separate topic. We're talking about China right now. Governments like the Chinese communist government, when they're pushed to the point of desperation, do desperate things. This is may sounds like this this may sound like an oversimplification but i think it's basically true and if china is pushed to the point where it has to choose and when i say china let's back up if the chinese government if the communists who run china not the whole chinese people but that small minority that runs the system if they believe that their power is threatened well number 1 there's no doubt that they'll drop the hammer on Hong Kong. It's just a question of when. And number two, they might look for an opportunity to start some type of foreign adventure. Now, the nearest foreign adventure that holds grudge value for China is called Taiwan. And you could say, well, Dan, can't Taiwan defend itself against the People's Republic of China? Maybe, for a while. Probably the Taiwanese defense forces could hold off the People's Republic for probably a day or two, okay? And then they would be completely destroyed through multiple waves of missile attacks and bombings, and then the Chinese would simply invade. And I'll be honest with you, I think that if they had the right plan, and I have no doubt that the Chinese generals that play Go and read Sun Tzu and probably read JFC Fuller and Clausewitz as well, um, you know, and may even have read Tukashevsky, which means if you're a military strategist and you haven't read Marshall Tukashevsky, well, fuck you. Anyways, um, if these guys have a good plan, I think they could take Taiwan in a matter of a few days. All they really need to do is topple the government. The people of Taiwan probably don't want to fight a war. They would probably simply fall in line. So right now, the situation in China isn't so great because the Chinese government has to save face. The Chinese government does not in any way, okay, have solidity historically. If you think the last 30 or 40 years of the go-go tiger economy represents cement, underneath the Chinese communists, you're, you're, that's a fantasy, okay? Look at the ghost cities. That, that's the truth of, of, of that foundation. They have spent a lot of money, quote-unquote. They have used a lot of resources. They have polluted a lot of land and destroyed a lot of the ecosystems there. But they have not built a foundation for themselves. They don't. Historically, the Chinese communists are about the rarest, strangest thing in the history of China. The rarest, strangest fucking thing. There is nothing about the Chinese communist government that fits in. And because of that, and because they know that, they can't afford even a little bit of insurrection. They can't afford Taiwan. 
they have basically a couple choices at this point. Give up power, which is what I hope they do. And frankly, if they did it in a wise and intelligent way, they might even change the world. Because a China that was actually free, a China that was actually not communist or totalitarian, a China that didn't have a stupid fucking social credit score, that China would probably be the most powerful economic power in the world because that China wouldn't be so interested in taking over the world. Ordinary people, in my opinion, are not interested in empires. They're not. They don't mind, you know, buying a few things and being able to eat food that doesn't contain poison. They don't mind having some resources. But I don't think ordinary people are inclined to morally support empires. That takes a lot of fucking indoctrination. A lot. Here's another thing, too. All this fear over hypersonic missiles. I gotta tell you something, and I brought this up before, but it kind of reminds me of the missile gap propaganda that the CIA practiced back in the 60s and that the National Security Council practiced. This whole, there's a missile gap. The Soviets have more missiles. We don't have enough. Their missiles are better. All, the, all of this, all of this missile gap bullshit turned out to be total bullshit, total crap. There was no missile gap. There was no situation whereby the Russians were going to take over because we didn't have enough missiles and nuclear bombs. That was bullshit. But it was bullshit that sold, and it was bullshit that kept people employed. It was bullshit that meant jobs. So if you're ex-gen in China today, which means if you're roughly Uncle Dan's age which means somewhere between 45 and 55, you were a kid. You were a kid during the time when the Cultural Revolution came to an end. So memories of instability, these are not ancient things you read about in fucking books. Unlike most Americans, when they read about actual political insurrection, we read about them in dusty old books, assuming it doesn't go down the memory hole. China, this is a memory. If you are a baby boomer, in China today, which means you're somewhere in your 60s, 70s, or even, God forbid, older, then you remember something called the Great Leap Forward, a nice little human social experiment that happened between 1956 and 1962. In that little social experiment of building bridges and dams and roads and railways, roughly 60 million Chinese died. 60 million. So if you're a baby boomer um, in Chinese history, uh, if you're a baby boomer today in China, and you have any memory of your past, you remember some pretty shitty times, and they're not ancient history. They're memories from your youth. They're not shit you have to watch in a movie or read a book about. So when I tell you that the grip of the Chinese Communist government is not that strong historically, I'm not some fucking George Soros troll. I hate George Soros. And do I think it's possible that Soros and the CIA are fucking around in Hong Kong? Not only do I think it's possible, I think it's virtually a guarantee. And when I saw the little parade of American flags, I saw to myself, folks, you don't fucking understand. You don't understand what could happen next. If you were out there and you believe that the situation of the Chinese Communist government is safe and stable, then yes, they have lots of degrees of freedom. They can make all kinds of choices. 
this trade war is therefore irrelevant, and so is the Hong Kong thing. But if you recognize that the Chinese government is not that strong, that their legitimacy is highly questionable, and that it is not ancient history, which means the demographics of your population remember a couple things that your government caused. Mao Zedong caused the Cultural Revolution. Mao Zedong managed the Great Leap Forward. Okay? Mao, the great fucking hero. Millions and millions dead. And oh, by the way, here's the great news. All this murder and mayhem, despite the propaganda you get from CNN, it's not all over. Okay? There are tons of, I think it's called Uyghur or Uyghur, Uyghur uh, Chinese, basically Chinese in Western China who are Muslim. And I don't want to get into Islam. I don't want to get into that. The point is, these people are being rounded up and put into fucking camps. And then there's Falun Gong, which again, I don't, it looked like a fucking meditational new agey thing. Well, it turns out being a member of that organization puts you on the fast track to being a kidney donor a liver donor, or who knows, maybe even a lung donor, or who knows, a heart donor. God knows you have plenty of those. Yeah, the Chinese government takes organs from prisoners, and this is not considered a big deal in the West. Probably because a lot of rich people from the West probably go to Beijing to get their little, you know, side-by-side instant quickie heart transplant. Oh yeah, you don't think things like that happen? Keep watching Fox News, keep watching CNN, keep watching NPR. You can, you can believe the fantasy world bullshit you want to. If, China's, if the Chinese government sees its position as strong, then I think that things could stabilize on their own. The situation in Hong Kong might resolve itself one way or the other, and the situation doesn't get worse. But if at any point the people that run China recognize that their position is actually weak, then the calculus is different, folks. Because then it's about how you avoid being shot in a dingy, uh, you know, in a dingy little basement fucking prison cell in the back of the head. And the last thing you see is your blood going down the drain, if you see that. That's the calculus of people that, you know, went through the Great Leap Forward and went through the Cultural Revolution and and are now actually running China. You see how these same events can impact people in different ways, but interesting ways? In this particular case, they know how quickly they can lose power. They know how quickly things can descend into chaos. They know this because they went through it. And what's worse is that all this technology that they're working their asses off to control, it's already done its damage, okay? People may or may not believe they have quote-unquote rights. But the, but the reality is this. A lot of people in China are beginning to suspect that they have these individual rights that have nothing to do with the Chinese government. And this isn't about America because, frankly, most Americans are forgetting this. As the Chinese seem to be becoming aware of the fact that they're free human beings, a lot of Americans are, yeah, we're going the other way. Hand me my chip, chip dog. Shave my head and give me phone boop, Jesus. 
put me into the gomoplex. Give me my pills for today and tomorrow. My pills will tell me what to think. Yeah, as some Chinese, who are probably being used by Soros and gang, as some Chinese are beginning to ask, do I have freedom because I'm simply born that way? That I am, I have a right to be free, that it is a birthright. It is, it is essential. It is part of my nature. As Chinese people grok that out, I think the situation for the Chinese government gets dangerous. So, yeah, and then you add to this the whole hypersonic missile thing. I don't know if it's real or not, but like I said, the missile gap was bullshit. So when I hear CIA and DOD, DOD, DOD when I hear CIA and DOD people telling me that the United States, after having forgotten where it put 20 trillion bucks and spending trillions more to go into debt, that the United States, spending more then the top 10 nations combined behind us on defense is way behind on hypersonic missiles and we're supposed to feel sorry for them. I, I think that's a bullshit story. But I also think it helps China, and this is where things get tricky and this is where things are dangerous. And, and this is where bluffing, you know, people talk about bluffing and, and sometimes bluffing can be a great move. Well, sometimes it can if nobody calls your fucking bluff. Right now, I think China's claiming to have technology they don't have. You know those parades where you see the fucking hypersonics on the trucks? I don't know if that's real. And as far as all the reports of performance and shit, folks, I saw Star Wars when I was seven years old. Unless I see something up close, I'm not going to believe it just because I saw a fancy fucking movie. Okay, believe me. Star Wars in 1977... That was pretty good special effects. So no, I just don't believe something because some jackass has a video. Sorry, it's just it's it just doesn't work that way. Oh. Next topic. And perhaps this will be the last topic for today because like I said, folks, I'm in a weird place. Dark Dan is not, you know, it's not like I'm ever happy Dan, but extra dark Dan is it's just Ugh. I don't. I don't even like me when I'm like this. Probably like why I drink so much when I'm like this. But yeah, I just have this nasty feeling. Anyways, a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, I hear this phrase a lot. You know, and I've heard this phrase for twenty fucking thirty years now, even longer. It's depressing. I hate it. Think outside the box. Think outside the box. You know, it's, it's one of these things where people deliberately set up barriers and they don't even realize it. I'm going to make this simple, and that way you can all save a lot of fucking time. There is no box, okay, folks? There's no box. If you think there's a box, you're already mentally trapped. That is part of your fucking problem. If you think there's a box, you're already stuck someplace. What if you wake up and realize there is no box? That in fact, what you're looking at every day, every moment, every second of every fucking day, what you're looking at is a nearly infinite space of possibility. That almost anything can happen. We have choices we can make. We don't, we don't just have to live as if we're, you know, 
animals without control, is what I'm saying. And that's maybe this last topic for a reason, I don't know, but... Oh, we get trapped by this belief that every, every time we make an attempt at, at learning or seeing the world differently. It's about throwing things away. And part of this whole inside-outside-the-box thing is, is about that. You know, it's about this kind of weird escapism from our past. It's one of the reasons why people say, don't have regrets. You shouldn't have regrets. No one should have regrets. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I think I've learned a lot from my bad experiences, and regret, in many ways is like putting a little fucking marker on a terrible fucking experience so you never fucking forget it. I regret um, having not done more of my due diligence in 2016 when I went to see the Goat King in Ireland. I really, really regret that. Of all of the events of recent memory, that one probably did the most damage financially, psychologically, and physically. Um, I regret that greatly. And if I forget about it, if I say, well, you know, we need to fucking move on and shit. If I don't have that in my head, I run the risk of another goat king. Because there's plenty of those fucking people. There's a Pez dispenser of fucked up people at this point. Every sidewalk, everywhere you go. Don't think outside the box. Listen to what I'm saying so that you can maybe survive in the future. And don't give a shit if I survive. I'm a 50-year-old man. It's not about me. But if you're a young person, listen. There is no fucking box. There never was. If there's a box, that's something that your public school teacher gave you. That's something that your fucking military commander gave you. That's something that your owner gave you. Like the owner of some elephant putting a fucking shackle around their leg and spiking the little baby elephant into the ground. So that even though, even though, even though, even though when that elephant becomes an adult and it could easily get up and pull the spike out of the ground, it doesn't because it's trapped in a box. There's no box, folks. That's the problem. Get over it. Don't think inside. Don't think outside. Every single winner you've ever met is pending failure. Every single loser you ever met is pending success. Yes, it's true. Working hard is great. You can work your ass off. You can be a really smart person. And guess what? You can still die broke. You can be the smartest person on every trade and you could still end up going to the trade too early. That's reality. Give up on the notion of the infallible. Give up on the notion that there's a magical fucking box. Because there isn't. And if you have a little extra money, if you have some cash that's burning a hole in your fucking pocket, then I would recommend going down to Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Ballistic Vest Outlet. They are conveniently located in Little Saigon. At Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Ballistic Vests 
outlet, you will learn what it means to have uncontrollable power. Can you imagine a 100 pound or 150 pound Rottweiler with a ballistic vest that fits over most of its body like a sheath of armor? Can you imagine it wearing a ballistic helmet that has specially designed metallic teeth that operate with the normal teeth of the Rottweiler but way more gruesome? Most of your friends that own pit bulls, they think inside the box But at Johnny Slim's Rottweiler and Pitbull Ballistic Vest Outlet, we know there is no box. And we know your Rottweiler, your Pitbull, or even, God forbid, your French Bulldog, as long as it's not beans. He caused nothing but problems in the store the other day. So if you're out there on this Wednesday night, this hump day, October the 16th, 2019, and you own a pit bull or a Rottweiler, and you thought to yourself, Dan, I've always wanted to buy a, a carbon fiber, Kevlar interweaved, complex, powerful vest for my Rottweiler that has a lock on it, so that there's no godly way that anyone could defend themselves against that animal if it ever went crazy. And the reason why, I don't know why. Maybe that's the nature of 2019. You get to do shit like this. You get to posit the implausible, put down the corruptible and the absurd, and then manage the savage night. So have a great Wednesday and have fun playing with your Rottweiler.